0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Free Black Woman. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for your continued support. Um, We had a lot of listens to our interviews, a lot of shares, um, a lot of just encouragement sent to me. Um, It was really appreciated. Thank you so much for doing that. Thank you so much for listening to Denise's story. Um, Two weeks ago, The Forgiving Black Woman, if you haven't checked it out, please be sure to check it out. Um, Last week, I also did an episode kind of diving deeper into what we were talking about, about self-care and about taking care of yourself and how that stuff is very important um, in the episode entitled What My Natural Hair Taught Me. So I go through the journey of, you know, my hair as an adolescent to now and really like the lessons that I learned um, from my natural hair. Um, so if you haven't checked that out, please be sure to do that. Um, but on to today's episode, I am so excited to share this with you guys. I got to interview my friend, um, someone I really look up to, someone who encourages and inspires me, I'm um, Keisha. Keisha labels herself as the golden black girl and you'll find out in this episode why but in this episode we talk about so many things I was re-listening to this episode earlier and I was just writing down all these notes and so I have my notebook in front of me just filled with encouragement and things that I forgot that we talked about um nuggets of wisdom that I needed today like this interview was took place about a year ago and um even today it still rings true it's still what I need to hear um she's just chock full of wisdom um, she's just such an inspiration to so many. And I am so glad to say that I know this person and I'm so glad to say that I got to interview her. So in this episode, we talk about the freedom of letting go, um, being vulnerable and the freedom that comes along with it, but also the risk. Um, we talk about the work of relationships, mistakes we've made in relationships, how we can be safe places for people, um, we talk about her production company, her, perform- her performing arts company, Black Broadway, how she and her husband started it and um, just the faith that they used to really just like pursue it full time. And um, we talked about the importance of defending your dreams. We talk about her Chronicles of a Golden Girl. And um, we talk about why talent matters more than your perfectionism. Um, and we also talk about the struggle of comparison that uh, we all face as creatives, but just people in general. Um, again, there's so many other things in here. Um, that I know that you'll find helpful, that you'll find useful and inspiring and encouraging. So please, without further ado, I introduce you to Keisha, the Golden Black Girl. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Thank you for joining me today for this interview. Um, If we could start, could you start off with, um, how would you, like, who is Keisha? Like, how would you define yourself today?
1: Wow. That is such a loaded question because Mm -hmm. I think my instinct is to answer, you know, based on, you know, what I do Mm -hmm. rather than who I am. Yeah. But, um, of course the first thing that comes to my mind is that I'm a child of God. Yeah, And, um, I think the more that I live the more that I'm excited to learn what that means mm-hmm. especially as he has put my spirit inside the body of a black woman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so <laughs> um you know how I can let my light shine as a child of God as and as a black woman. Mm-hmm. Um but um you know I'm Keisha. I'm I'm just I'm just a, a person out here mm-hmm um, definitely a creative, excited to, um, to just, I don't know, just to, just to share art with the world, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and, and mainly stories. Mm -hmm. That's, that's the most fun thing for me now. Mm -hmm. So the Kisha you are today,
0: I'm sure has been, uh, You had to go through childhood and things like that to get Mm -hmm. to where you are today. So, who were you as a child and how has that shaped? How has your childhood shaped who you are today?
1: You know, when I was a kid, I think I was more me than I even am today, probably. Yeah. When I was a kid, there was nothing that anybody could tell me I could not do. Mm. I was absolutely a dreamer. Mm -hmm. I was. You know, this person, I was so ambitious. Mm -hmm. I was extremely ambitious as a child. Um, And not even just in terms of like, you know, school, Mm -hmm. but just in terms of what I believed I could do. Mm -hmm. Um, I I wanted to be the first black female president. Okay. I remember, (laughs) you know, I remember being in second grade and some um, local uh, politician came to our school and um our class Mm -hmm. and we had the chance to ask them questions and I remember asking the second grade when I run for president will you vote for me oh wow (laughs) (laughs) and you know when you're in your own skin you don't think of it as being anything powerful or having um any sense of uniqueness but I think that's who I was when I was a kid I was very much excited to do whatever it was I put my mind to. Yeah. yeah. I think
0: a lot of times, a lot of things, I say this a lot, I think we should be more childlike. Yeah. In that, like, not childish, but childlike. When you go in a classroom, you ask children, like, oh, who can draw? And they all raise uh-huh. their hand, right? Uh-huh. But the older we get, it's like we start to measure, oh, can I really draw? Exactly. It's like, no one said you had to be Picasso. Exactly. Like, you know, do exactly. you enjoy drawing? Like, yeah. So I, I do resonate with the fact that when you're a child, you're more... You're less, um, because of you've been through less things, like you're more open to like so many
1: things. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I definitely, I definitely was that way. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think, I think now I'm trying to just get back to that, Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: reestablishing the truths of my core, Yeah, you know, and who God created me to be. Yeah which I came out that way mm-hmm. yeah. and then the world kind of deconstructed <laughs> yes. something. Yeah. So trying to go back and sort of, you know, reestablish mm-hmm. who I once was. Mm-hmm. And, and also of course with the seasoning that I had, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Like
0: marrying that. With, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. So do you think there was a point in your life where you were just kind of like, where you realized you needed to like go back to the core of who you were? Like, Do you remember that moment or like a series of moments that that happened?
1: I do think that it was a series of moments. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, I don't remember one aha moment, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I do know that there were times in my life where I'd see, um, you know, you, you never really know the quality, um, of talent that you possess mm-hmm. in anything mm-hmm. it could be in math science reading because you're inside your own body mm-hmm. so you don't really have an appreciation for your gifts mm-hmm. until mm-hmm. at until you have that moment where you can say wow this was pretty good yeah you know this was something <laughs> yeah you know <laughs> and so I think that there were times when I had accomplishments that weren't necessarily worldly comp- accomplishments mm-hmm. they weren't necessarily things that like they didn't happen at graduations or you know times when you you know you did well on the test mm-hmm. but it was it was the small moments when you know like we i i did a 5k mm-hmm. in 2012 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i ran 5k mm-hmm. um and that was one time where i was like Wow! Yeah. Like that process, mm. it and it was a process mm-hmm. because I I had a fear of running mm. um, because I had been so slow and growing up I had weight issues with my weight and um, so I really wanted to confront this fear of running mm-hmm. and so you know after having completed the five k and looking back mm-hmm. that was one of those eureka moments yeah. where it was like wow I'm getting back to myself yeah. yeah. I really believe mm-hmm. that if I say I want to do something, I can actually do it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think I had, you know, some moments where there was no pressure behind mm-hmm. it from someone else because that, you know, that adds its own element. Yeah. It, it was something that I did in my life where it was on my, of my own volition yeah. and I completed it and I didn't need anybody to say good job, but it was just me realizing what I could do, Mm -hmm. you know, that was, those moments are probably the moments that helped me to sort of kickstart my, um, return to, you know, who I once was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, so in your opinion, like, what does it mean to be free? Like, what does it mean to really like embrace freedom?
1: Yeah. I think freedom is also one of those things where it's like, you know, there's levels to it. Yeah. You know, there's that, you know, that saying like, oh, there's levels to this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And I think that that's how freedom is. I I, I think that, I think when I initially thought about the idea of freedom, Mm -hmm. I thought of it in the, within the context of, Um, you know, maybe like not being in my parents' home anymore or, you know, but I I feel like, um, freedom is more of this, um, concept of, um, like that's, that exists more within yourself, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and the limitations that we have placed on ourselves based on, or at least for me, Mm -hmm. it was more of thinking of, Stop worrying about what other people are thinking yeah. about this yeah. decision mm. or about what you have on. I lived so long mm. in that and even still struggle with it mm-hmm. today of worrying about what somebody else is thinking yeah. of me.
0: Yeah.
1: And um, and it could be anybody. Mm-hmm. Somebody super close to me or someone, a stranger on yeah. the street, you yeah. know, not wanting to look crazy or yeah. whatever. Um, and I think that has been how I've experienced freedom um, and come to understand it is just being like free to just like, just live. Yeah. Um, and, and whether that means that it's like (laughs) living, like means taking a picture and posting on Instagram. And I had that outfit on already. Mm -hmm. (laughs) True. (laughs) Whether it's that, (laughs) or it could be, you know, making a decision that, I may feel like my parents or my family mm. may not approve of. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, it's that whole, it's that whole thing. And I think, you know, it's it's baby steps, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, like, levels to it. But mm-hmm. I think that's what I think of freedom in terms of just, like, being able to live mm-hmm. and however people are defining live um, at the, you know, very... Um, simple definition Mm -hmm. of living and the most complex, yeah. Uh, without having regard for what somebody else is going to think or say or how they're going to respond, yeah.
0: Yeah. I I think that goes back to like what you were saying about how you define yourself. Like, much like you, I always go to like, what do I do? Like, who am I? What am I doing? And it's like, no, now I try to go to like, like truths, yeah, that can't like change. Like, I am a child of God, like, I am, you know. I don't know I am my mother's daughter like things like that like to ground me and I think in that when you have those things to put yourself in like to hold on to you become more free yeah because you're less dependent on what other people how other people define you
1: absolutely yeah and you're less tied to definitions that may change
0: yes you know
1: and today you may be able to say that you are insert this career Mm -hmm. profession there and tomorrow you may not be able to say that. Right. And we have to be careful that we attach such worth, value and meaning to things Mm -hmm. that it may not be forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. So how do you, like, where do you think that you are on like your journey towards whatever freedom is? Like if you're here, if there's like some sort of, I don't know, map, like, do you think you're close to what freedom is to you? Or do you think like you're still on your journey?
2: I think
1: I think it's like I don't know. I think I think it's like every time you think that you've um I've okay, I'll say this. I've learned not to look at life as a series of like completions, mm. you know? Yeah. Because then I think that's where growth ends. Yeah. And especially when it comes to freedom because recently within the last couple of years, I've experienced so many types of freedom Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. within that same definition that I was telling you Mm -hmm. that it's helped me to, to look and say, wow, what are some other things I need to get free from? Yeah. Rather than look at all the things that I'm already freed
0: from. That's good. You know, that's a good perspective to have.
1: And it's hard to Mm -hmm. look at it like that because getting free from things, it's, it's a challenge mm-hmm. because those things that have kept us, you know, I don't want to say in bondage, but have kept us, you know, in bondage
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. have been boundaries put in place to protect us at right. times. Right. You know, and and I think that like when I was able to sort of challenge those boundaries mm-hmm. And realized that some of them were more harmful yeah. than they were helpful. I was yeah. able to say, you know what? Like, I need to get free from yeah. this. Yeah, I need to let this go. Yeah. So I think that it's. I think that I've gotten free from a lot, but I am open to discovering more ways mm-hmm. where God will liberate me and allow me to be able to live my life at its full capacity. Mm-hmm freedom Mm -hmm. so what is what is like
0: your what does it look like for you to pursue freedom on a daily basis like you now versus you back when like before you had those series of events to realize
2: well
1: I think A it first of all to get free from something feels really good Mm. it feels so good it's bringing tears to my eyes just thinking about different things that I chat about with like my friends and accountability partners of things that literally just don't bother you yeah, anymore. Yeah. You know, things that you can literally, you know, just feel like it just doesn't bother me. You know? Yeah. And when you feel that at your core, yeah, that um, little snippet of um of goodness, yeah, it helps to sort of um keep you aligned with living in that every day. Yeah. Because you realize that even though the process was painful, Mm -hmm. um, it just feels so good to not have the weight on you anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that it does, it definitely, for me, includes accountability, which I'm blessed to have my husband who I can share everything with and sort of walk through Mm -hmm. You know the process and the journey, and for him to remind me, like we not there no more. Mm, (laughs) You know, like like we remember, like we we over that. And then I'm Mm. like, oh okay, you're right. I forgot. (laughs) I don't need to worry about this thing. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: But yeah, I think that that's. I think that is the big thing is that a if you know every day when I can, when I can you know feel the. Amazing feeling of freedom when I can feel that tangibly, like that's what allows me to stand in it. And then, of course, the accountability because I'm not perfect, yeah, yeah. And some of those things were norms for a very long time, you know. And so, to be able to have the accountability to say, like, you know, you don't have to, you know, check in with this person mm-hmm. or you don't have to worry about, mm-hmm. you know, this thing mm-hmm. if. If I can just have that accountability, that's something that, um, I definitely would, would utilize on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So you touched a little bit about, um, a little bit, a little bit on like community and like sisterhood and things like that. Like, so how, how important is sisterhood to you and like, how did you come to, I know you, I'm pretty sure you have like sisters from different, you know, times in life. How did you know, like, well, yes, for one, how important is sisterhood to you and two, how did you know that someone how do you know that someone is a sister to you like mm-hmm. that it's like okay this is the moment where it's like okay we are yeah in a relationship with one another
1: You know it's it, this question sisterhood is extremely important to yeah. me Yeah. It's very very important to me. Yeah. I I don't have any blood sisters Same. but um <laughs> you know I've been blessed to have experienced sisterhood in different capacities yeah. and organizations Yeah. And in, you know, just life. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the hardest part about me is that I'm always the one that wants to hold on, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: And and I've come to understand that for life, I want to make it personal, say for my life, but I'm sure a lot of people can relate Mm -hmm. to, Mm -hmm. you know, relationships being seasonal. Yeah. And I've had an experienced sisterhood and seasons of my life where I really needed that particular type of sisterhood right. you know. Um, and so you know, I think that some things that help me to know that a, a person or a relationship has transitioned into sisterhood is um, for me, it's always wrapped up in into like vulnerability, yeah. And sharing yeah. Because I like to share and I like when other people feel comfortable sharing. Yeah. And I think that that's the thing that is so... It takes... It, it, it makes sisterhood stand out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even now when I identify like sisterhood as a thing, it's not like... It's like there's levels to that too. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like I can be like sis on the street, mm-hmm. you know, and then I can say... <laughs> You know, this person is like legitimately yeah. like my blood sister. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so I think that um that vulnerability is super important because um because we we need that. That's why that's one of the reasons why I feel like I need sisterhood. Yeah. I need sisters. Yeah. Is yeah. because I need people that I can share and be vulnerable with.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, but also I think what stands what makes sisterhood stand out from another type of relationship is what's being reciprocated. Yeah. You know, it's not a one-sided relationship yeah. um, and you kind of, you know, you just know when you know yeah. that you can call on somebody or that person will hold you accountable or yeah. You know, they won't give you the popular answer. They won't give you the gossipy right, answer. Right, But, you know, that person is someone who you may not even see regularly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like I have people who I know for a fact are my sisters and I haven't seen them in like a few years. Yeah. And that like hurts me to be able to have to say out loud, you know what I mean? But, you know, things happen and you grow and you change and you move and you may talk to that person regularly Mm -hmm. or you may not pick up the phone and be able to talk for three hours. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's part of, um, that's part of the dynamic and the definition for me as well is Mm -hmm. that I don't feel like I need to babysit our relationship. Right. Right. You know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't get offended and I don't yeah. get offended. Yeah. But if I call you crying in the middle of the night, you know, you're up like, Oh, mm-hmm. you yes. know, what's going on? Yes. <laughs> like, what happened? Where do we need to go? You right, know? right. I I have had plenty of times where I'm getting ready to buy a ticket or book yeah. a ticket or yeah. make yeah. a trip, you know. Yeah. And you're trying to figure that kind of thing out. Yeah. But I Think that's what makes it stand out, and I think we all need that, yeah,
2: yeah. You know, yeah.
1: I'm not one of the people that say, Oh, sisterhood is for some people mm-hmm. and not for all, right? Else. Right, but I think we all need a trial. oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like everybody needs people.
0: I agree, you know? I agree. I think, um, when you were talking about babysitting a relationship, I mm-hmm. think you know, when you think about it, most of... At this point, most of our lives has been spent in school. Yeah. And so, like, with the friends you have, you're used to seeing them every day yep. and stuff like that. And even in college, like, yep. if you're not down the street, you're, like, down the hall. Exactly. Like, yeah. So, yeah. like, now as you... Now as we're getting older and we're not so close to our friends and our, our sisters, um, specifically... It can kind of feel like is this relationship failing? You know, yeah. because I haven't talked to this person. But then when you come together, it's like nothing's changed. Yep. You know, exactly. Yeah, and I think that is one of the true um, signs of like maturity. You oh, know, yeah. it's like oh, you haven't called me. In. No, life is busy. Exactly,
2: <laughs> people
0: exactly. are busy. You know, and it, and it, it's not even it's not even something to be taken personally. You know. No. Sometimes people are not even spending time enough time with themselves, let exactly. alone with other people. Yeah. yeah. Because, I, yeah.
1: I mean, and that that's totally me. I mean, of course, in a perfect world, Yeah. I wish that I could have my squad with me, yeah. you know, of everywhere.
0: Course.
1: You know, we could go out to eat yeah. on a Wednesday night. <laughs> you know, like all these things. I can remember things we used to do back in yeah. college. Yeah. And you sort of take it for granted. You don't really know where life will you know take you Mm -hmm. but seriously I Mm -hmm. mean there there are friends that I haven't talked to or and they're they are absolutely people who I identify as my sisters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um I don't think that frequency and I want you to live your life yes yes you know what I mean and sometimes and I do feel this way about I have some friends that I know for a fact that we need, we have been called to live our purposes where we are. Yeah. Because sometimes friends, while they are amazing, yeah. they can be a hindrance. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? I was one of those people, I couldn't have my friends in my class growing up. <laughs> <laughs> like, I could be doing the amazing. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then don't let my friend come into my class. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm completely, mm-hmm. and that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. And I feel bad, but I'm a talker, I'm a social person person mm-hmm. if the teacher is talking it's not nearly mm. half as interesting right. as what you know my friend has right. to say and so <laughs> you're looking across yeah rather than looking forward yeah and yeah. you're not moving mm. forward because you're so busy spending this time yeah. you know having the you know sharing the tea and kiki and all this kind of stuff <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you're not moving forward yeah, at all yeah and it's a well-meaning friendship mm-hmm. and relationship obviously you guys are the best because mm-hmm. that's your sister mm-hmm. but at the same time your focus and your shift yeah you know it, your focus is shifted towards that person and yeah. that relationship rather than on your purpose right. and where you should be going exactly. and what you should be doing
0: no that's good I think even so, we're about to move, and so one of my fears with my friends was like, yeah. oh no, like they're gonna forget about me, or like, yeah, you know. And and honestly, it was because of like traumatic experiences that I've had mm-hmm. in my friendships, mm-hmm. where you are out of sight, out of mind, yeah. where you know they don't come through for you like you know you come through for them. Mm-hmm. Like, have you dealt with like some trauma in your friendships? And oh my gosh, yeah, how did yes. you like? How did you get through? You that? know
1: what? It's and this is why. It, it, it was the hardest lesson and this is why I prefaced the whole sisterhood piece of mm-hmm. um really sort of trying to come to terms with the season idea. Yeah, yeah. And being okay. Nobody want nobody wants to enter a relationship expecting it to have an expiration. Date. Yeah. Of course. But what you do wanna do is and I've learned the hard way is to leave room for the possibility of growth and growth sometimes means exiting, mm-hmm. you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um and I've had some really bad experiences where I've had close close friends, mm-hmm. like best friends yeah. exit my life yeah. unexpectedly. Yeah. Um without argument, without, mm. you know, any anything happen.
2: Mm.
1: And when I tell you I still mourn that relationship to this day,
2: yeah.
1: um, it's it's sad, it's hurtful. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that you can sort of do to rationalize it is to say like, I mean, it was for a season. Yeah. You yeah. know, like sometimes and, and, and you have to look at the other side to say like, Wow, well, who else did God bring into my life?
2: Mm, You know, this person
1: is exited, but do I have void? Yeah. You know, do I have a lack in my life with this person not there? It's just the idea of the person's absence that really made, Mm -hmm. makes me sad. Mm -hmm. It's not the fact of what they were contributing to my life that there's void. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if there was void there, then it would motivate me to want to reach out more. Mm -hmm. But the only thing that makes me want to reach out is my curiosity about what happened in our relationship. And I think that that's probably the biggest point of growth and maturity that's helped me shift to really understand how relationships happen in seasons. Because, you know, after a while, once you've come to grips with the fact that that person is gone, you know, you do have to assess, you know, and say, like, Okay, what was this person contributing, yeah, and is there somebody else? yeah, or maybe I don't need that anymore. That's real, yeah, you know, yeah, <laughs> or you know, you know, maybe this wouldn't have worked because this person became this thing, or you know whatever it is and yeah. and I don't look at it as you know as a bad thing anymore, yeah. Because sometimes you try to rationalize and say, well, that person was going to go off and they weren't going to be anything. So that's why I needed to Dang. not be a part of it." <laughs> yeah. You know, like they weren't, you know, they were going to go off and start doing drugs or right. like, like when you're a teenager, you know, <laughs> like, you know, that person, they started getting into this kind of craziness, but, yeah. you know, and, and it doesn't always even end like that. That person's having an amazing life, yeah. a beautiful life. And, yeah you know maybe they're married too maybe they have kids maybe yeah. they're doing amazing in their career it's just about assessing the relationship yeah. and um what that person and what that relationship did for you mm-hmm. and not excusing the fact that you had good times yes and yeah. and and we talk about we're talking about past selves mm-hmm. my past self needed that person mm-hmm. yeah you know like my past self like that person filled a void for yes. me, like within sisterhood, yes. for those years, and I'm so happy I have those yeah. memories and yeah. I had that just to get through, yeah. Yeah. you know, for that time. Yeah. Do I necessarily need that now as an adult? Is right. the assessment that I can make, right? You know, to say like, you know, what somebody else feels that yeah. void for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I'm okay. Yeah. You yeah. Know?
0: I um I know my friendship when my friendships ended. It was more traumatic. It was like a big blow up out of nowhere and you know when someone kind of guts you Mm -hmm. like when when you make yourself vulnerable to them and they just kind of just with no remorse no and it makes you question like were you ever really my friend like how could you how could you be that how could you do that to me and I think for a long time I was sitting there mourning what was Mm -hmm. in those times like in the past you know and now now that I'm here I'm looking and saying you know maybe we couldn't go further yeah together yeah. and not in a, not in a mean way but even with the way that you handled me mm. you couldn't mm-hmm. you couldn't be you know you you couldn't you didn't see like you didn't take the care that I took with you right that's good so like how could you come along with me and not saying yeah. that I'm better or you exactly, know or anything like no. that It's just you can't handle me yeah you
1: know and that's the thing that makes it hard because how would you ever know that about yeah. that person yes. unless that happened? Ooh. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we don't know, you know, when, like, when we share in these vulnerable moments, mm-hmm. that's the whole thing that makes vulnerability so risky. Yeah. Because you don't know what the person's (laughs) going to do with that. That's true. You know, it's like you're opening yourself up Mm -hmm. and giving them a piece of you that's like, I don't know what you're going to do with this, (laughs) but that's the risk in it, and I guess I'm okay with it, and then... You come to that situation where mm-hmm. they have the decision to make. Right. You know, whether or not they're going to say, you know, I'm tucking that away. Yeah. Because yeah. that's a low blow for me. Yeah. Or if they're going to use it, like yeah. in your situation, to gut you. And mm-hmm. that, I, I'm sorry that happened to you. That's so unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That is so unfortunate. Yeah. And what could,
0: I, I take, I. it's it's by God's grace that I'm resilient. Because yeah. it Because a lot of the stuff happened back to back. But also, it hasn't caused me to become callous. You know what I'm saying? I feel like with some people, and I get it. Like, for some people's response to trauma like that, it's just like, oh, I'm cutting off from everybody. Oh, yeah. And, you know, like, I'm done with you. Like, how do you you remain, like, so vulnerable?
1: You know, first of all, and not to make this so deep, but I really do feel like God called me to vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And it's so hard. It is so hard because I hate Mm -hmm. it and I struggle with it. And I actually just recently journaled about it because, um, in times when we feel powerless, mm. our vulnerability is, and feelings are the only thing we have control. Of. Yeah. That's
2: the only yeah. thing we
1: have power over. Mm. And so I think that what makes it so hard is that, you know, you have times when you get hurt. Mm-hmm. Or you have times we just don't feel like it. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you just don't feel like sharing. Yeah. You don't want to be, um, you know, you don't want to let the person in. You don't want want to you. It's it's a relinquishing of yeah, power. It is. It really is. You know, mm-hmm. and it almost you know it. I mean, vulnerability is weakness. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so for me, I struggle with sh- that tug and pull between strength and weakness, not mm-hmm. wanting to be. Perceived as weak, but also just not wanting to, you know, you, you don't want people to view you a certain type of yeah. way. Yeah. Which goes back to that freedom piece of the conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you can be free from what others think about you, yeah. then you should feel free to be vulnerable. Yeah. And I think that that's sort of mm. like where I'm trying to like get to in life, like master that piece of. You know, saying, "All right, if I can just be free from what this person is gonna yeah. think about me yeah. after I share this," mm-hmm. you know, and think more of it, and not even, not even like um, adding to my ego of what this could do for this right, person, right? Yeah, because I think that's what yeah. a lot of people use as motivation too. Is like. You know, if you are vulnerable, this could free somebody mm-hmm, else. Mm-hmm. And that becomes... It soothes your ego yeah. to say, like... Sure. It, you know, you, it becomes kind of manipulative. Like, oh, mm. well, if I share this, I'm going to heal you. Yeah. You, you okay. know? Like, yeah. I'm going to help you <laughs> right, out. Right, right. Let me just share something yeah. with you real quick to help you out. Yeah. Like, it's not even that like 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 don't don't let that be your motivation you know what I mean
2: yeah
1: um and so I think that that's that's the thing for me is like a I do feel like I've been called to be vulnerable because it's just it's just it's just the human thing yeah you know it's important for people to feel like no matter who you are Mm -hmm. you should be able to reveal pieces about you That show that you're flawed. Show that you're, you know, you're weak. Mm -hmm. Show that you're, you know, you're not this superwoman person. Mm -hmm. Or show, you know, dispel myths about what a person might think is going on um, in your life. Right. You know. Right. I think that's what it is for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it goes back to like being a safe place. Like I, I really just want to be a safe place for people. Yeah. Yeah. You can let down your guard. You know, exactly. you can talk about what's bothering. I'm not going to sit there and be like, oh, what? Exactly. Like, I mean, if if anything, it would just be like, oh, like empathizing yeah. with you as opposed yeah. to like, oh, no, that's too much for me. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, even like they talk about this thing like toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think people throw that around really loosely now. Oh, I do believe yeah. there are toxic relationships.
1: Oh, no, definitely. But
0: I feel like people throw around the word like toxic. Oh, absolutely. Meaning hard
2: oh, or yeah. Yeah.
0: work. When relationships are work, work, yeah. you know, it's not always going to be cherry pie and sunshine yeah. and happiness, you know, for that person or for you. And so you want to have a space where you can be celebrated, but also be like um, comforted and of course. kept safe. So like, how do you remain a safe place for others?
1: I don't know. I I mean, I hope I'm a safe space. Yeah, I'll yeah. start there. I think you are. I
2: hope I am. <laughs> I think
1: you are. I hope I am. Yeah. I have, you know, what I, what I learned over the years is that. You know, you have to. Um, it, it, I, I have, I have learned that I've had good intentions mm. and wanting to be a safe space, but didn't always go about doing gotcha. it the right way.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And having intentions on wanting to help,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and my idea of helping—I was just doing too much. Mm-hmm. You know. I was just doing too much. Like, you don't have to do anything sometimes yeah. in yeah. order to be a safe space. Yes. And I think that what I'm learning now is um, in order to present that, do less. Mm. Say less. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. that's like a thing. Like, just say less. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> say less. Yeah. Do less. Yeah. You know, listen more. Um, you know, those things are so important because I, I, I learned the hard way because mm. people just stopped telling me stuff mm. and that like I was just doing too much mm-hmm. I, my heart was saying I want to help of course yeah but what it was reading to other people was you're making it about yourself mm. you know like mm-hmm. you're bringing it in in my mind I thought that I was sharing something to relate to what right. I just it with me but yeah. what you're really doing is you're making it about yourself or you're mm-hmm. talking too much or you're not listening to mm. me you know, yeah. and so when people just stop telling you things, and you you know you see that they're confiding in other folks, and you're wondering why you're not looked at as like a safe space, yeah. it, it can be it it can be you know really jarring. Yeah. Like, well, what is it that this person is doing yeah. that I'm not doing? Right, right? What are they providing you <laughs> yeah. that's so safe? Yeah, you know. <laughs> That I'm not providing yeah. you. Don't you don't you see my heart? Yeah, you know, don't you yeah. see my intentions? <laughs> and you're making it about yourself. Mm. That's the problem. Yeah. you know, you are you you are you are using someone's vulnerability to feel closer to them. Right. But really, you should be looking at a person's vulnerability as like I'm just happy you're sharing. Yeah. You yeah. know, like I'm grateful that you're sharing. Yeah. I'm not looking at this as like you know now I'm one step closer to becoming your best friend yeah, yeah. or, you know, now I feel like we're oh so close. Yeah. Like, you're you're looking at it the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that that's probably what I've learned mm-hmm. to do and how I've learned to try to become more of, um, like, a, providing a safe space yeah. for people is just trying to do less. Yeah. And, um, and allow them room and space to just share on their own without me feeling like I need to be a part of that process. Got you. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I forgot who I was talking to recently, but they were telling me. That they have like do you want they ask them, do you want me just to listen? Yeah. Do you want like some help? Or do you yeah. like, you know, like is this a vending touch? Do you need me yes. to step in, you know, intervene yeah. in some way?
1: My husband and really I good. do that. Okay. That's yeah. really good. We yeah. do that together. Yeah. And um and it 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 has actually helped our communication. Mm. Yeah. Because sometimes you do feel like, I just need to vent. I yeah. need to get this out. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I don't want you yeah. to remark. Yeah. I don't need you to comment. <laughs> and I think that's also been what helped. I think that's also what has helped me um, in seeing how that has played out in mm-hmm. our relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, seeing for me at times when I would be, you know, emotional about something. And... He would be like, so do you want... (laughs) So do you want... You know how, you know, I'm so dramatic. I could just come into the room like, you know, tell me how, you know, and this and this, you know. And and then I'll just, you know, drop the mic and he'll just be kind of like, so do you want... Do you want me to? Is this like an advice? Like, are right. you? Right. How do you want me to engage? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, you know, I even have to figure out how I want him to engage. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? But no, I mean, I think that that's an amazing tool because, mm-hmm. and, and I think that the anchor of that is communication mm-hmm. because it's like you have to be mature enough to say, let me set my ego aside because yeah. I have an opinion right yeah. now. Yeah. But it doesn't need to be expressed. Right. I need to figure out how you want me to engage right. with this information that right. you're sharing. With. Right.
0: And even you know, whatever just to bring it home, but even with friendships, um, sometimes even if you know your friend should be doing something differently. Yeah. Um, there's a time and a place, right, for everything. Yeah. So like if you're if you made a decision and you're upset about it, about the decision you made, it's not my place and at that time anyway, to be like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. told you so no like okay you just need somebody to okay here's my shoulder exactly and then when you're ready to talk if you want to talk then we can figure out a way to move forward you know yeah so let's talk about your art for a second so you said that you're creative so in what ways are you creative
1: so um so i i've always been into theater um vocal music um my high school career was filled with theater and music. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, I sang in several choirs in high school, small group, I played the English handbells, Mm -hmm. and it was, that was all of, that was my outlet. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm very, I used to be, I've changed my relationship with that part of who I was because um, I used to be kind of, I don't know, a little quieter about that fact, but I think mm-hmm. now um, I see how important it was yeah. for me growing up just to have music as my as my outlet, mm-hmm. and so I love that as now as an adult educator, I love that I had that. Yeah, so I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, um, music is still a big part of my life. I just but more just on the listening side. Okay. okay. I don't write. I'm not a musician, but I do love to sing. Yeah. I love to listen to good music. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's probably like the biggest way that I engage in music now is just like listening and enjoying yeah. how it makes me feel.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then of course, on the theater side, I acted all throughout high school. And then mm-hmm. when I was, in grad school I wrote my first production okay. um, and so I've always enjoyed writing. I started off journaling when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I have some of my old journals um, and it's and it's nice to look back on those things but I I, I can see a trend of storytelling mm-hmm. that even when I was journaling mm-hmm. I was journaling, telling the story.
2: Yeah, yeah you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah.
1: It wasn't like the type of relationship where, like Moesha in her diary. Mm. It was more <laughs> of like as I sat there. You know, it was just like it was dramatic, just so yeah, dramatic. Yeah. You know, and that's really cool. And, and had so you know so much depth. It was just um, you could just see the sort of the vision behind. Um, how I was experiencing life mm-hmm. and I think that a lot of writers that's how they experience life they don't experience life just as like I came into the room and sat down but yeah. it's just very there's there's so much depth into yeah. ex- the, the ways that we experience life yeah. Um, and so when I had the opportunity to start writing productions I, I've, I grew over Time and over those years of really feel, figuring out how to tell a story on yeah. stage, yeah, and um, tell it in a way that I had never seen before, but by the way that I thought it should be told, okay. Um, and so I wanted to really marry um, the things I loved about musicals mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. ways that musicals made people feel yeah. and gave you, you know, this sort of um, song and dance and production and, yeah. you know, theatrics yeah. behind the story. Yeah. But also, I really wanted the drama behind a good play.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And I think that that was what I sort of um pushed to do throughout the time when I was writing shows um for... Um, for Black Broadway when we first started. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, and now, mm-hmm. I, I think I identify my art still through theater, still through music, but, um, but mainly through storytelling. Mm. Because I really love, and I realized, I think it came from a hodgepodge of both my parents. Okay. <laughs> because my mom, she uh, is from the South. So she talks to anybody. Okay. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And can find connections and relate to people. Yeah. Um, and my dad, he's he's a businessman who he likes to interview people.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: And he, and he interviews people in order to learn more um, about something that he may not know about, but also in order to sort of draw connections with them as well Mm -hmm. so I think I kind of grew up in that sort of space and now I mean my talking gets me in trouble it's always gotten me in trouble (laughs) it's always got me in trouble (laughs) but I think now I realize that there's really an artistic gift in being able to draw out stories yeah and to identify what is a good story yeah, and yeah. what people may want to hear about. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's really fun for me. Yeah, and yeah. I, um, I think that that's sort of the biggest artsy thing in my personal mm-hmm. life that I um, am sort of embodying and finding ways to sort of develop the that as an art form. Yeah. So you you touched
0: on Black Broadway. Like so mm-hmm. what
1: is Black Broadway? So Black Broadway is my baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Black Broadway is um, a performing arts company that my husband and I own. We I started Black Broadway in 2009. Mm-hmm. I was in grad yeah. school <laughs> and um and a funny quick story is that um so I I did the Black History show in the hometown like where I grew up in South Jersey. And the first year the show was called The Evolution and um and it was a great show. We used the resources that we had. Mm-hmm. I love looking back on and talking to like my parents and my family, my brother about, you know, sort of how we got started. Yeah. I mean, it was very much like um a family effort mm-hmm. in from costumes to, mm-hmm. you know, rehearsing at the house and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And the second year our show was called Black Broadway. Okay. I wanted to Highlight the shows that were on Broadway mm. that were predominantly black shows. Yeah. Um, so we did pieces from The Wiz, from Dreamgirls, really cool. from Raising the Sun, yeah. Fences, um, Lion King, and mm. Serafina, yeah. and all these amazing shows. And so then the, the third year... All the kids were coming back and saying, are we going to do Black Broadway again? We're going to do Black Broadway, we're going to do Black Broadway. (laughs)
0: Yeah.
1: And I was saying, well, guys, that was the name of the show. That's not the name of our group. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, really, they named it. Yeah. You know, which I think is the most powerful part of it all is that, like, I mean, we didn't have a name. I was just saying it was just a black history show. Yeah. (laughs) But they, you know, they were saying, are we going to do Black Broadway again? Mm -hmm. I said, okay, you know what? Mm -hmm. This is a thing. Yeah. And so, um, so we went and we've, you know, we've produced, um, I think about eight shows now and we've grown from doing, um, the evolution was more of like a musical review. Mm -hmm. Um, we had some, some pieces in there that the kids recited. Mm -hmm. We had poetry, we had dance, we had those different kinds of things. Um, but then by the time we got to Tulsa, which was our last show mm-hmm. about the like Black Wall Street mm-hmm. and the Tulsa race riots, mm-hmm. um, that was when it was a, a musical. Mm-hmm. And so we did that show in 2016. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, it was awesome. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I came to Tulsa with my with yeah. my mom and I. It was I'm so it was happy. great. No, Thank it was really, you. really good. It was really good. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Tulsa was, you know, Tulsa, everything is god Ooh, Sorry, everything (laughs) is God-led in terms of, I can never understand how we get from a brainstorm to a full, you know, actualized production. I can never wrap my brain around that. And that goes back to that question you were talking about with, you know, what are those moments you have when you want to get back to yourself? When you see that on stage and you're like, wow. Mm. You know, like yeah. I cannot believe that. That is amazing. Like, yeah. it just doesn't make sense to me. I can't wrap my brain around it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that show, Cleve wrote the music for it. We had a band, and I mean, it was just it was just um, an amazing production. Um, and from there, we, I mean, we just realized we were doing so much teaching mm-hmm. because the kids. We were in a predominantly white uh, community where, you know, Black Broadway was really many of our students, our Black students' opportunities to get lead roles. Yes. Because it was like, listen, Mm. you know, you do Black Broadway. All the all the roles are black.
0: Yes, <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know you don't have to worry about yeah. being a maid in Sound of Music yeah. or wow, you know yeah. being in the periphery of Guys and Dolls mm-hmm. or you know trying to fit yourself into a character for Grease because yeah. historically we weren't we weren't there.
0: No, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> no,
1: and that always was a point of contention with me as well mm-hmm. because you know I came from a very. Uh, rigorous Mm -hmm. theater program Mm -hmm. in high school Mm -hmm. and our director you know he was one of the guys he wanted to cast true to the broadway you you know show and so he wanted you know this person to have curly hair Mm -hmm. because this person he wanted this person to have this and it was very much you know like limiting for people of color to receive these huge roles until my senior year when we did Aida. And even then, that story is about, you know, slavery between Egypt and Nubia. Yeah, You know? (laughs) So, I mean, it wasn't the most empowering kind of thing, but as Black Broadway grew, I really wanted to provide a platform for kids, for Black kids to be on stage, being proud of these stories that we were telling. Yeah. And being able to say, like, we represent this history that isn't often shared. Yes. You know, these stories aren't being told. And yeah. if they're being told, they're, a lot of times they're not being told by people that look right. like us. Right. Or who experienced it. And so I felt like that was a, an important point of empowerment. But then also, um, you know, we were doing a lot of teaching. Yes. And so we said, well, you know what? I think that. This could be a thing. Okay. So let's take it full time. Yeah. So um, we we quit our jobs and we made our proposals and we moved down here to um, the DMV area and just started pitching schools to start working within schools to um, teach our black Broadway curriculum partnered with uh, performing arts and history Within schools and agencies
0: down
1: here. Yeah. So that's the long. No, no. That's
0: good.
1: History of Black
0: Broadway. How did you find, first of all, the fact that you did that is amazing. Because I feel like for a lot of people, they feel like, oh, there's just, they they leave it at, there is no blank opportunities for us. Like insert whatever here. But a lot of people should and could make their own. Like make their own way. Like how did you find the courage to just uproot your life? and come down here and pursue something that you're really passionate about
1: courage and sanity same thing (laughs) I don't know I mean you know what it's so it's so crazy because you know God puts you in the mindset of what he wants you know of what you should be doing when you're seeking him for that specific thing and um I have no idea yeah I have no idea Mm -hmm. um I have no idea. I, we look back on it and we still like, do I even know that I would make the same decision again? Mm. That's the crazy <laughs> thing about it. Yeah. I just don't, I just know that it was one of those, like you are, you are here for such a time as this. Like yeah. you, you really want to seek me, mm. you know, I'm going to tell you where to go, what yeah. to do.
2: Yeah.
1: Like, this is how bad you want it. Mm. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all I can say. Yeah. I mean, it's just it's really cra- it's still crazy yeah. to us. Yeah. <laughs> it it doesn't make any sense. I don't I know. even know why we did it. Yeah. I mean, we had good <laughs> jobs. We had good jobs, yeah. you know. We were we were living fine, we were making do. But I think that it I think there is, you know, sort of that thing in the back of your mind as like what if you don't do it? Yeah. And you know, I would always think like even if this doesn't work, yeah. I'm just proud to say that we did it. Yeah. You know, and we were able to, for two years, you know, make a house. Mm-hmm. You know, it was not easy at all. Right. Like, right. it was very, very hard. Um, But we made it. We're, you know, we're two years um, full-time. Mm-hmm. Emplo- both of us, you know, yes. full-time entrepreneurs with a son. Mm-hmm. And it's just God. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. You know, it just directs to him yeah. because I have no idea. Yeah, I feel like we should have just been out on the street because oh, no. who just but makes yeah. jobs out yeah. here? You know, just, no seriously, like you know, what? like <laughs> it's just it's yeah. just what it is. Like out yeah. here, ma- just making a job. Yeah, like, quitting something that you know you're mm. you're raised to believe in stability yeah. and all this kind of stuff and wisdom yeah. with you know all of that. But I mean, yeah, how would you? Like what would you
0: how if for for those people who are considering doing something who are afraid to take that leap like what advice would you give them like I know, um, like so we're raised to like be okay. You no, know, we need stability. We need like to be sure about something. Like how do you balance like being sure or, or being responsible even mm-hmm. and being brave?
1: Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I I think you have first of all like i cannot make any decision without god yeah like that that's something that's like so um first of the first of the first yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. like the most important thing yeah. like um cleve and i really sought god on that decision mm-hmm. and um and that was like The first thing. And then I think that the second thing um, is to pray about who you should surround yourself Mm -hmm. um, with and who is who can feed this thing that you know that God gave for you, Mm -hmm. because you'll be surprised, you know, who will be there to um, feed your dream versus who will be there to, you know, make you cause doubt yeah. or reinforce the fear that you already have. Yeah. Because, you know, like, um, nothing is done without fear, but you, it's like a flame. Yeah. If you have people around you who are right. fanning it, right. you know, it can really, really blow up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to isolate yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think that that's what Cleve and I ended up doing. We really started... Withdrawing ourselves, and I know that people, if if people in my personal Mm. community, tribe, slash family hear this, they're gonna be like, (laughs) (laughs) uh, cringing. But we literally had to withdraw from some um relationships, not in a way that was a negative, but just so that we could cling to each other and cling to God and allow you know, those thoughts and those prayers and those prophecies to be reinforced mm-hmm. so that when the more that we shared out mm-hmm. the more confident we felt. Right. And the less likely we felt that we would be to um feel discouraged if yeah. somebody challenged us. Right. Right. You know, because that's the thing too, mm-hmm. you know, you don't want to get defensive, mm-hmm. but you will have to defend your yeah. dream. Yeah. Yeah. And you mm-hmm. have to well, I felt like we needed to withdraw ourselves so we could be so full of what we knew that we knew that we knew about yeah. where we were going so that when we were confronted with opposition, yeah. we could in a mature, you know, and eloquent way yeah. defend yeah. what we were doing. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah.
0: That's good. And, um, just quickly, I want to touch on, um, you're doing Chronicles of a Golden Girl. Yeah. Okay. So like, so could you tell people like what, a little bit about what that yeah. is? I mean, yeah.
1: Chronicles of a Golden, you know, I think that like, like I said, I think that throughout my life when I was journaling, I was journaling it as, you know, sort of like this television episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just so dramatic, and I can I can I could probably think of a whole first season worth of a '90s <laughs> a '90s sitcom of That's me true. growing yes. up yeah. with these different isolated experiences that I had that ended in like either of the you know the moral of the story yeah. is yeah. or want 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 or <laughs> you know whatever. But yeah. I think that I felt that more it became more tangible as I got into my, my early twenties or so. Mm -hmm. And I felt like these experiences needed some type of title. I don't know why Mm -hmm. titles make things more official and you're just like there, (laughs) you know, and I felt like, yeah, it makes it real. It was like, these are chronicles. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you, you have this experience and at the end of the day, it would be a hilarious joke to tell, you know what I mean? (laughs) And then you're like, this is not just a, a good story. This yeah. is, like, a reoccurring, like, yeah. thing. This yeah. is, like, a, a season. This yeah. is an episode. So, um, so I think that's that's where it started. It started off as me journaling okay. Chronicles of a Golden Girl. And um, it was just me inserting things in, like, my notes section where it would just kind of be, like, you know, me on the bus and, <laughs> you know, like, something crazy happened, like... Mm-hmm. I remember one time, like, my phone broke completely, and I couldn't make contact with people, oh, no. and it was just, like, it was just crazy things that, you know, would happen, yeah. and you just kind of, like, it forces you to reflect, mm-hmm. and so anytime I felt like I was in that position, yeah. I was sort of, you know, journaling. it, yeah. um, and so then I said, you know, I want to do a little bit more, and I tried these different avenues yeah. that other people were doing, gotcha. you know, I tried blogging, I tried vlogging, mm-hmm. I tried, you know, all of these different kinds of things that I thought were going to be my my pathway and they just weren't, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, they just weren't there for me. Um and then um I decided to write a one-woman show. And um and I just wanted to pull some sort of like pieces, like some inspiration mm-hmm. Um and so that was like a thing. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like I still feel like but I need like I need something that's going to be like an ongoing thing and I always Got wanted you. to be a talk show host. Okay. Um I grew up watching Ricky Lake and Jenny yes. Jones and <laughs> yeah. you know of course Oprah yeah. and things that I shouldn't have been watching when I was <laughs> sure. young. Sure. You know like I was just like you're, this you're just yeah. too young to so watching <laughs> yeah. this for what? That's funny. Like why are you getting wrapped up in these adults, <laughs> full-grown adults yeah. drama? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I liked again going back, I liked I liked the storytelling behind it. I yeah. liked um all of that and so I decided last year in 2018 that I was going to start a talk show. Yeah. And and again it, it felt like one of those things like with us moving. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. I am not necessarily a techie person. Mm-hmm. Um, and my husband, um, bless his heart. He's one of those people that's like, just do it. You know, like if God gives you the vision, it may be a little blurry. The sound may go out here and there, you know, like something's (laughs) going to happen. But you know, at least you'll be able to say that you did not quit. You know, you didn't stop. You know that you are good. You know, if God planted a talent in you, that's undeniable. You know, you look back on some of these stars audition tapes And they look nothing like how they look today. Yeah. They got a side ponytail. Yes. You know, edges slicked down. They got a belly shirt on and look crazy. But the, the talent was yes. there. Yes, yes. And that's what people saw through. Yeah. You know, yeah. people see through some of the blurry mistakes and things like that. You can fix that. You yeah. can't fix a personality. No, you know, yeah. for a TV yeah. show. Yeah. Um. And so I think that's what sort of motivated me. I was, you know, we were filming in the bedroom, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to get a nice backdrop. Mm-hmm. We were filming different places. Mm-hmm. And That would just be it. And so um, for the first season, we had 18 episodes and now we're in the second season, which I'm excited um, to to have soon and um, all of that. But that's sort of what's happened now. We're just highlighting stories of women of color um, who are just doing awesome things and um, and putting it on blast. Yes, I think that's important.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I like what you were saying about your husband is like just do it right yeah my husband's the same way he's just like just do it but I think it can be really easy to get caught up in like the technical stuff oh girl please yes like you feel like you have to have everything perfect and mapped out you got it. like oh should I you know, you're trying to, you're trying to figure all this technical stuff out before you even do anything yeah. at all.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like, why are you looking up things that are not in your wheelhouse? Just focus on yes. what you can do. Yes. Like, I don't know about, you know, they got the, the ring lights right. and the backdrops right. and all <laughs> these kinds of things. A whole production. And, yeah. yeah. A whole production. You yeah. go on YouTube and that's the other thing about mm-hmm. it is when you have a creative idea, Yeah. Don't go now yeah. and look at all these other people that yeah. do something similar.
0: <laughs> Me. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I'll do the
1: same thing. Yes. You know, oh, maybe I could get a backdrop yeah. like this or I could get an outfit like that or I could arrange the sofa like this. It's just it's different things like that where it goes from being inspired by yes. mm. to now I'm getting a little envious. Yes. There's a little jealousy that comes in. Look down on what you're doing. Yeah, then you're looking down. You're feeling pitiful. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you're saying, look at my little little thing. You know, like, (laughs) there's a little something something. You start downplaying it. Yes. And the reality is, like, if you, you know... what my mom said, it's a, it's a poor frog who doesn't praise their own pond, you hmm. know, like it's just a that's sad thing if yeah. you, you know, if you don't even celebrate yourself and yeah. yeah. your own thing Yeah, and you start to backtrack on what yeah. God has told you to do, Yeah, you know? And so I think that that's what it is, is that it's like, okay, if this is your thing, yeah. do your thing with the talent and skills that yes. you have to the best of your ability. Yes. And then once you get a body of work or mm-hmm. whatever it is, mm-hmm. then you can start finding ways to elevate it yeah. and, you know, refine it. Yeah. But the reality is that, like, the, the talent is always undeniable. Even yes. the kids who are in gallery plays beating on their, yes. the, the, you know, they don't even have a drum. But Talented. you can hear their talent yes. through the little paint can yes. that they got going on. That's you know? really
0: good. That's really good because one of the one of the things I like stress. I have to keep reminding myself is use what you have already. You yeah, know, use what you have. And what's interesting is when you have less, you're more creative. It's true. You like. You're, you're forced to it's be creative. True. It's very true. As opposed to having everything at your disposal, like all all the, you know, fancy equipment or whatever. But now you're kind of like, okay, now, now you just look like everybody else. Exactly. You know, you're just a carbon copy.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And what you don't realize is, you know, A, you have more skills than you give yourself credit for. Yeah. Because now, you know, like, and even with doing Chronicles of a Golden Girl, I'm like, wow, so now I can be able to say that, like, I was a director like yes. I was I was directing my own self. Yes. yes. But I still had to manage yeah, myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I still had to create my own content. Mm-hmm. I still mm-hmm. had to reach out to my own guests, mm-hmm. figure out the professional side. So now I'm like a production assistant, yeah. you know, like I'm doing this kind That's of real. It's like different things that you are building your skill set mm-hmm. as you're doing it. Mm-hmm. If you just start,
0: yeah, yeah, you know,
1: because no God start, is not yeah. expecting you. Yeah. yeah. He's not expecting you to be the end. That's real. When yeah. you start, yeah, you know, yeah. he just needs you to get started yeah. with what you got. Yeah. And then you'll gain more throughout yeah. and then you'll be able to work up towards, you know, whatever that in thing that he's shown you in your vision. You That's know? so
0: real. Like, cause even again, in the Bible, like when it's when every, almost every story, it's like, oh, yeah. everybody's like, me, right? How? Yeah, right. And and he always gives them the tools, the people, the opportunities exactly. that they need. It's like I just need you to be obedient.
1: Ex- I just, just need you to do what I said. Yes,
0: you'll figure like, that out go. later. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Not any of that. So, um, so as we're kind of bring it home, um, what ad- what advice would you give to yourself ten years ago?
1: Well. So 10 years ago, and I just celebrated my um, 10 year anniversary from how we're graduating. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because this this has been in my mind Mm -hmm. a lot recently, just thinking about who I was and all of that. And I probably would just tell myself, you know, take advantage of any opportunity that you have. Um, Don't worry about um, don't worry mm. first. And um and I think too, you know, I I think there were things that I wish that I had done, but I was worried about the connections and relationships that I had, like mm. with my family mm. and, you know, missing out on things or feeling like people would um be sad or miss me yeah. or, you know, like <laughs> What if I, you know, move away from home? Dun dun dun, yeah. you know, things like that. <laughs> and the reality is like, you know, everybody's gonna be okay. Everything is gonna be okay. Yeah. You know, people will get over it. Yeah. And, you know, you know, you will have maximized the most of your life because you decided to follow your heart and follow your dreams. Yes. Um, I think ten years ago, I was so worried about um, accomplishments and stability and um, making people proud mm. that I didn't, I didn't live and take risks as much as I probably would have wanted to. Yeah, you know whether, and I'm not talking about doing anything crazy. I, you know, even if that just meant. Me going to live abroad mm-hmm. for X amount of time, mm-hmm. or you know things that I saw uh, folks doing that I could say, wow, like I probably would want to do, even if it's something like joining a dance team. Yeah, and 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 that's the other thing. So it probably would be like, go ahead and do it, but also like. Like, don't be afraid of commitment to Mm, something. Like, it's okay if, you know, the dance team that you really want to do has rehearsals every Tuesdays and Thursdays. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, and not wanting to do it just because, you know, there's a level of commitment there that sort of ties you a little bit. Or, you know, like, oh, I want to, you know, do this certification program, but it's going to require me to, you know, take evening classes. Okay. Okay. You know, like yeah. just do, you yeah. know, just do it, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um. And I think maybe I, I definitely would have told myself to travel more. Yeah. I would have, I would have wanted. I love traveling. I've always loved traveling. Mm-hmm. Um. And I don't think that I really. And I think that goes back to that original question. So I think everything's going full circle about my childhood not seeing boundaries or limitations in anything. Yeah. I think especially ten years ago where I was, I didn't realize the possibilities of things
2: yeah.
1: as much. I think that I was um I worked within I took risks even within my within my purview. Yeah. So I I don't think my family would agree that I didn't take risks. Mm-hmm. I think they would think right. that I took risks. Right. But those risks were calculated and they were mm-hmm. within my my comfort zone yes. and my safety net. Yeah. I was still comfortable taking this risk. Yeah. Because in the back of my mind, it you know that I had some type of other plan or some type of other thing. It wasn't that but it would be, you know, to take a risk that would be an actual risk yeah. that could potentially, you know, I mean expose you to something yeah. that you would have never imagined. Yeah. Yeah. So that probably those probably would be some of the things that I would tell myself ten years ago. Yeah,
0: Yeah. I like what you're saying about to other people it looks like it's Yeah. A risk, but to yourself you know, like you know your potential. Oh, yeah. You know what's safe for yourself. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I mean, even you know, like like a risk for me today, people would think a risk for me today would be, Okay, well, we're moving. Mm-hmm. We're moving mm-hmm. to Texas mm-hmm. or we're moving to North Carolina, nowhere north of here, because I can't do these winters. <laughs> That's one thing I know for a fact. It's not happening. Uh nah, uh. Uh-uh. But somewhere warmer, okay. Yeah. But something outside my comfort zone would be we're moving to Ghana. Yeah. You know, we're moving to um South Africa. Yeah. We're we're moving to um Ethiopia. We're gonna be traveling. You know, now we're gonna we're gonna be a traveling family. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're going to travel all around the world, Mm -hmm. you know, figuring it out and, and something, something, you know, that would be a true risk, you know, but I, and I, yeah, I think that that's the thing I think. And and I think the last thing, um, would be to not let people's prophecies or people's, um, excitement about your potential Mm. make you fearful, of, mm. of actually pursuing those for me those things yeah you know yeah because it can be so intimidating yeah. and scary when people are like oh you have so much in you yes. like oh my gosh i could just see you being <laughs> yeah. x y and z and you're just kind of like okay sure. like yeah you're like <laughs> Go back into my- you're like okay, okay yeah. like woo, because i'm getting overwhelmed <laughs> i'm getting overwhelmed please stop now yes. Yes. all right this is really too much because yeah. what happens if i'm not all that yeah you know what i mean yeah and so I think that, that that happened a lot, too, for mm. me. Even growing up beyond 10 years. Mm. But just people being impressed by something that maybe be your norm. Yeah. And not to be, you know, be like, I'm anything. But no. just when yeah. people, you know, say things and you're just like, A, I don't even see how I can be that yeah. thing. Yeah. Where those steps are coming in. Yeah. And B, like... You're making me feel overwhelmed because I already feel overwhelmed low key. Because yeah, yeah, I just yeah. did this thing. <laughs> yes. Like I'm just coming off the stage. Yes. And now you tell me, oh, girl. Everybody okay, calm down. I'm like, this was it, y'all. I'm like, this was the thing. I don't know what y'all talking about. <laughs> this was the thing. Oh this was God. the potential actualized. Yes. Yes. You don't realize this was a daydream and now we got nothing yes. going on. And now you're trying to tell me about all the things I'm about to do? No. Like, I'm about to take a nap. <laughs> like, what you talking about? Like, oh, that's yes. that's exactly it. Like, it's yes. just, you know, that's 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 the whole thing. So, that's what I would probably tell myself. Mm-hmm. I'm done now. No,
2: but fine. that was the
1: last thing. No, no, that, that was, was good. That thing. was good because, yeah, I, I think when you focus
0: too much on what other people say so your poten- potential is, it's like you carry their weight, too. Like oh,
1: yeah. The
0: burden of having to please them, that too. That is it. That yeah. is so good. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. like,
1: it's like yet another, you know weight that I'm yes. carrying of like somebody's expectation yeah. of me to do something yeah that I don't even know what it is. Yeah.
0: And it's so fragile. Like that dream it might is. be so like Yeah. It's not a tree yet. It's a little Exactly. <laughs> it's a bloom. Exactly.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. And you're just like chill out. <laughs> yes. Like, oh yes. my goodness. <laughs> Relax. <laughs> right. Or give me some resources. Yeah. You know, that's... like that's why you know, my husband and I we say all the time we're gonna stop telling kids about their potential and mm-hmm. tell them about where they actually are. Nice. And figure out how can we help you Mm -hmm. get like, like we're not, we're not, not edifying. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. We're
1: still edifying you, but I don't want you to get, you know, stuck Mm -hmm. or stagnant in this idea that, you know, you have a lot of potential, but I also don't want it to scare you into, you know, feeling paralyzed by, you know, the weight of people's expectations of you beyond what you're currently producing. Like, mm-hmm. is this what you're talking about? Right. Is this what you mean? You wow, know, is this yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah. Is this the thing? Is Am this aligning with yeah. your vision? You yes. Know, you know? And that's
0: dangerous. It is. Cause I'm even, even now, like I'm like, I'm thinking back to when people, oh, potential, 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 and one of my greatest fears is to be stuck in potential. Yes,
1: me too. Like,
0: I don't want to be stuck in potential. It's the
1: scariest feeling. It is. It is. It, that is a scary feeling. And the feeling that you, the, the thing that I think most recently has has scared me that I've had to get free from mm-hmm. is when me actualizing my potential doesn't look like what other people thought it would yes. look like. And yeah. so them being disappointed yeah. and me being proud yeah. and God being proud yes. of me yes. because I'm aligned with his will, yeah. but other people's vision for my life yeah. don't, like is, is not what yeah. God's vision for yeah. my life is. Yeah. And having, and for them, and having to sit with them while they mourn the fact that, like, that's not my reality. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm still doing a good thing. Yeah, You, know? yeah. Like, you still should be proud. Yeah, you no, know? I totally get
0: that. Like, my mom, with singing, like, she wants yeah. me to do, like, um, like American Idol type stuff. Yeah, I'm not a competitive. I don't. I don't want my gift to be competing with somebody yeah, else's gift. That's good. You know what I'm saying? So I don't ever want to be in a place of competition. I feel like that is a competition. Yeah, and so it doesn't align with my beliefs. Yeah. So then when I'm not doing it to her, it's like, oh, you're wasting your potential. Yes. Like all these people could be here. It's like, yes. no. Like I just want to find my own way, and yes. it might take longer. Exactly. You know? But at least I'll be doing it on my own terms. Yeah. You know, so holding on to like my own personal beliefs and my own. You know, and for other people, that might be their right. right. That's of fine. Course. That's of course. That's fine. I just know for myself, one, I don't I don't line with it, but also I know that I would always be constantly comparing myself to mm-hmm. someone else instead of actually enjoying what God gave me. Like, that's good. God, you
1: didn't give me enough. Exactly. I don't want to be in that place. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So and that's the that. place where where you realize that you know yourself. Yeah. And... Not not only that you know yourself, but you know yourself and you're uh, you're choosing to align your life with the facts that you know about yourself yeah. that may conflict with what other people yeah. think about you yeah. or or anything. <laughs> and and I was joking about the winter thing, mm-hmm. but that was something that was like <laughs> like this past winter was really mm. harsh on me mm. with seasonal depression. Yeah. Of course, experiencing pregnancy at right. the same time and right. emotions and hormones being it was literally the The clearest thing that I know without a doubt yeah. that I gained from this past winter experience is that I will not be able to, in my in, entire life, yeah. continue to endure winters. Yeah, yeah. like the grayness, yeah. the snow, the cold weather. I need vitamin D in my yeah. life in order to be like positive yeah. and constructive yeah. and productive. Yeah. Like I need that. Mm-hmm. I need sun I'm, and and it's and it comes out in so many different ways. Even if like we're looking for a home, I like a lot of light. I like, you know, certain mm-hmm. things and it's really God just saying listen to yourself. Yeah. Listen to who you are yeah. and align your life yeah. so that it 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 will allow you to be successful. Yeah. Why are you putting yourself through something just for the sake of being close to family yeah. or, you know, being able to be, because it's within your real, your comfort zone, you know, yeah. you've always been in this area. Yeah. So you feel like you need to stay here and then you're miserable mm-hmm. and you're literally looking Same like a the zombie point. for no, half a yeah. year. You know what I mean? Yes. So I totally understand. I appreciate, you know, you
0: sharing that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as we wrap up, what has freedom cost you? Like freedom and like, fighting fear and all that. Like, what has that cost you?
1: I think, well, I think the process of getting free costs me a lot. Yeah. And, you know, I've been reflecting recently around, you know, the relationship piece. Yeah. And I do, I do feel that it has cost relationships. Yeah. Um, You know, whether it's even sort of like a thing where you're, you you know, you're saying, okay, God, like, let's say I want to get free from, or I, I, I don't even want to have to experience, um, this type of emotion. Like maybe it's drama with a guy Mm -hmm. or these types of things. Mm -hmm. And that means that you have to get free from the desire to like be dating casually or like mm. doing these different types mm-hmm, of things like mm-hmm. because you envision your life having like a stable relationship or whatever mm-hmm. which in turn costs you like going out in yeah. certain places you know doing certain things yeah. like wild nights yeah. no one night stands <laughs> yeah. you know these crazy kind of things yeah. that you really i mean I, not crazy but mm-hmm. but just like things that you know people say happens right, right. in life or in your 20s that's the norm yeah right yeah and so I think that that's part of, like, what what I mean when I say that, like, experiences mm-hmm. and things that when I want to get, I want to be free and I want to experience freedom from fear at this age, mm-hmm. that means that you do have to sacrifice certain things. Yeah. You know, um, we sacrifice vacations and traveling and being able to, you know, up and go to this happy hour or go to you know this day party or different things like that um because I part of the free from fear piece is being able to be an entrepreneur and sometimes it doesn't always lend itself to disposable income you know (laughs) um but I do think also you know freedom has cost me relationships in terms of you know, people who were contributing towards my bondage, you mm-hmm. know, having to adjust that relationship yeah. or, um, in that relationship or, yeah. um, you know, having tough conversations. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that's really hard, yeah. you know, when you have to confront a relationship that is a part of the reason why you're not free,
0: yeah.
1: you know? Um, so I think that that's pretty, those are pretty much the things that I feel like I've experienced that, um, freedom has, has cost me, but I don't, I mean, I honestly feel I've in, in having experienced these last few years, true freedom and true liberation, especially working through that fear piece. Mm -hmm. I think once you start to go through that process, you feel less like you're be you you're um losing something mm. and more like you're gaining. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um because I feel like I've gained so much more than I've lost. Yeah. In these in this process. Yeah. I mean and the things that were lost were needed to be lost. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They needed to be shedded in yeah. order to um, experience that true feeling of, like, liberation. Yeah. Yeah. You know. That's good. So if someone
0: were to look at the story of your life, what mm-hmm. would you hope that they would walk away from? Like, knowing or learning or being inspired to blank. I want
1: people to... I want people to see a real story. Mm. We see so much that's called real Mm -hmm. and it's not real. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's reality TV. Mm -hmm. A whole genre. (laughs) That's true. You know? It's dedicated towards setting up experiences of people and reactions and responses and engagement that are not actually real at all. Yeah. Yeah. And I want people to see because i feel like even living my life that i'm going through the real version yeah <laughs> like i'm not going through you know the lottery version mm-hmm. or you know the sweepstakes version mm-hmm. this i i have learned this is not a fast track life yeah this is not a fast track story i'm telling yeah. this is a real life story full of mental health issues and you know and and tears and loss and pain and joy and hard work mm-hmm. sacrifice and um and literally like you know starting from the bottom yeah you know where you work hard yeah. where you trust god yeah. where you have faith um and i think that the other piece is that you know for me I really want people to take away that God he's 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 real. Yeah. You know, and that my faith and as a Christian um that it is a faith that people are still believing in. Yeah. You know, it's not passé. Yeah. It's <laughs> not something for, you know, black folks who are worshiping a white guy, it's Mm. not that,
2: Mm -hmm. you -hmm. know?
1: Um, And I think that goes back to the reality of if people can look at my life and be able to see um, that God is real because of the things that I've gone through, you know, that is something that I would want people to take away, you know, for it to be a reflection of, um Christ, like wow, you know, her life is literally a testimony that God like you can't read her story without believing that God is real.
2: Yeah.
1: You know? <laughs> and I'm not just shouting him out because it's just for the sake of me, you know, giving props to somebody. Right. <laughs> right, right. You know, but that literally if I were to tell a person a portion of my story, they would be like what? Mm-hmm. Oh, you must you must have God or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's no way. No way. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So those would probably be the two things that yeah. I would want people to take away. That's good. That's good.
0: So what do you love about yourself? Like, what do you love about yourself? Like, it could be I don't know that you're joy giving or that you're resilient or whatever. Like, what do you think? No, what do you think? What do you know
1: that you love about yourself? <laughs> I love, um, well, I love, I love my ability to make people smile. I love making people feel good, um, about themselves mm-hmm. and in the, whether it's in the moment. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, I love that. Yeah. I love being able to have a good time and I mm-hmm. love that I'm able to, to do that. Yeah. Um, I also love my heart because I know in my heart of hearts, <laughs> you know, that I um, am well-meaning yeah. and I want good for everybody. Yeah. And I think I've learned that more about myself, the more I get older and how things make me emotional Yeah, <laughs> because, and that's one area that I've gotten free from is mm-hmm. that, you know, um being emotional is not a weakness, it's not. and it's not an impairment that it's a gift to yeah. be able to connect so deeply with something outside of yourself yes. that you're it moves you emotionally, whether to tears or to laughter mm-hmm. or you know to mm. anger, yeah, you know, yeah, and so I think that that's something that I also have grown to love about myself that I really love people, yeah, I really really love people and my parents have instilled that in me and I think it I think it's both a nature and nurture Mm -hmm. thing that like you know my parents have instilled that in me but it also is in me just Mm -hmm. loving people no matter who they are where they come from Mm -hmm. um connecting with people outside of my like race culture Mm -hmm. religion Mm -hmm. like Anything like I just love people, yeah. which I think also is why I love storytelling yeah. because I love hearing about you know what people are doing and connecting, yeah. and so I think that those are some things I I just I love about myself. Yeah, yeah.
0: And in that, what do you love about being a black woman? Like, what do you love about black women?
1: Well, I think I I think we talked about this before, and it still rings true that. I think we are classic, mm. you know? Yeah. I think black women are like the little black dress that never goes out of style.
0: Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: Black women have always been, I mean, and we always will be just classic. Yeah. Pearls. Yeah. You know, when I think about pearls, it doesn't matter, you know, the timeline. Yeah. Yeah from you know years and years ago mm-hmm. to present day yeah. it will pearls will always complement a woman's outfit yeah. in my opinion yeah yeah um and that's how i feel black women are do we evolve yes mm-hmm. have we you know but we are t- i mean just in the mere fact that we can take something like cornrows yeah. and <laughs> which have been out for centuries yes and still rock them today to the point of envy yeah where people want to rename and reclaim them that to me just shows the power of our um of our uh, trendiness but also um, just our ability to make all things cool and hip and in and you can wear them you know whether you're accepting a speech at the Oscars or whether you're wearing them so you could work out in the garden yeah. you know like <laughs> i think that that's that's just who we are not just in this really superficial way of accessory mm-hmm. but i think also in depth yeah. in our language in our you know connection in um in our ways that we uh, advocate for you know, different causes in the ways that we love yeah. our family members, our men, yeah. our children. These things are um, are things that I love about being a black woman yeah. because they're so innate to who yeah. I am. Yeah, I don't have to try to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, you know. I YouTube's available, but I don't need YouTube yeah. to teach me how. Yeah, you know, these are things across socioeconomic status mm-hmm. across. You know, no matter what the terrain is, no matter where you are or where you're from, you have it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's intrinsic. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that about yeah. being a black woman. Yeah. No, you that's know? beautiful. That is beautiful. And
0: we did talk about that before. Yeah. yeah. And you also mentioned that you would call yourself the golden black girl. Yeah. So can you give like an explanation
1: why you chose? I set? love gold. Yeah. I love the color gold. Purple yeah. is my favorite color, but there's yeah. something about gold that's so pristine mm. It is royal, yeah. um, and and it's and I think that it's both, um, you know, it's both a it's it's a statement of my past, my present, and my future. It's mm-hmm. not something that I look at, like Paul said, like as if I've already attained this mm-hmm. golden, you know, nature. It's something that inspires me, but it. It's something I haven't attained, but I already am at the yeah, same time. that's good. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. It's something that it humbles me to the point of, you know, working really hard, mm-hmm. but it also empowers me to um, remember who I am yeah. in my existence. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like that reminder and encouragement at the same time. It's pushing me and pulling me at yeah. the same time. Yeah. Um, so I love, you know, I, I love to remind myself and others Mm -hmm. that we're golden girls, you know, that like we are, you know, we are, and we will be, Mm -hmm. you know, we've Mm -hmm. always been and we're going to become, um, that's, that's why I love that, that, and that's what it means to me. And that's how I utilize that phrase in my life. Yeah.
0: No, that's good. That's really good. Keisha, this has been amazing. This is really, 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 really good. Yes, good. yes. Thank you for thank you for being a part of this. I can't wait to of share your course. story with everyone else. Um, do you have anything that you would like to promote or um, well, I'm, I'm share just grateful.
1: Your- yeah, no, mm-hmm. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm grateful that you had me on. I'm so excited. I love mm-hmm. podcasts. And this is just fun. <laughs> it's so much fun, and I, you know, I, you know, I like to talk, so this was just a perfect. <laughs> A perfect thing for me, and I appreciate I love sharing these types of conversations yeah. because you know we all ultimately we need to have them, yeah, you know we need to have them more, and um, we need to put them on you know public platforms yeah. for people to know, yeah, you know what we're thinking about, what our journeys are like, and um so of course, you know you can follow Chronicles of a Golden Girl. Uh, we are having our season two Yay. and i'm so excited about that um on instagram at chronicles of a golden girl or you can follow my personal page at keishology k-e-i-s-h-o-l-o-g-y um and those two um are my instagram handles and then if you're interested in black broadway yes. um our website is black broadway pac which stands for performing arts company.com um and i'm just excited i'm excited for what's to come yes. which is pretty unknown but the unknown is okay yeah. you yeah. know that's, that's a it. that's a safe spot. Yeah. Um, so, it's better than the known that you don't want. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah. So, definitely keep in touch. I love to meet new people and find out about new stories. And if people have a, a story that they feel like is unique and needs to have a platform, you know, hit us yeah. up. stuff. Yes, yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> of course.